This is Tom Harvey, the Economy Guy. Welcome to the world of macroeconomics and how it affects you. I am looking at the world's economics, trying to interpret them, and more importantly, wondering where they are going and what they are going to do to us in particular. So this is your window into that world. I don't give any personal financial advice. I just give information and facts as I see them, and occasionally my opinions. I want this to be an educational show for you, so you can learn to think for yourself and make your own great financial decisions. Please enjoy it, and welcome. It is Sunday, February 28th, and this is The Economy Guy coming your way one more time. What a week we just got through. A lot of exciting economic things happened. A lot of exciting things happened. Here's the uh, program for today. Here's a, I have five sections I'm going to do. First, I'm going to just talk about what happened this week in, uh, regarding economic news. There's about six different news items I'll give you in, in a little detail. Second, I'll review the markets. Where did the markets end up? That was pretty exciting. The markets were exciting this last week. Uh, third, I'm going to talk about inflation. I'm going to break that out as a special topic, inflation. What are the causes and what's the reality of inflation today? Fourth, I'm going to talk about the Fed. What are they doing? What's really going on? You see, uh, Jerome Powell actually went to the halls of Congress and talked about what he's doing as Fed chairman. So he had uh, some words to say, and I'll pass those on to you and then interpret them for you because they need interpretation. And last but not least, the fifth section is to review the five precursors for a market fall. That's the program for today, so let's get on with it. So let's get on to section one. What is happening in the world of economics this last week? What really came out? Uh, several different things. Did you know that as of last week, 17% of all the restaurants in the United States will be permanently closed. We, they're gone, passed, that's it. I mean, it's, uh, it isn't hope for re-entry or anything. They're gone. 17% of the restaurants out there can't make it and have gone now. But that means that there's a great opportunity for auctions because auctions are selling restaurant equipment like gangbusters. So auctioneers are making a lot of money right now because all of that, those pizza makers and you know, and deep fryers and all that stuff that are in a kitchen, man, that's worth money. And there's a lot of it for sale right now. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Move right along. Let's talk about Tesla. Tesla's a fun company, isn't it? Don't you think so? Did you know that the Tesla share price dropped about $200 from the $800 to the $600 range uh, very quickly? Like within a couple of days, it just got poof. Uh, that's kind of a, a hint of what can happen in a market. But this happened to a single stock. Well, why Tesla? What's going on there? Well, it turns out that uh, people were uh, selling options in Tesla uh, and, uh, you know, and buying options. And they thought the price was going to go up. And guess what? The price went uh, well, down. When the, when the price goes down, people have to buy at lower prices in order to keep those options in their right. I mean, it was kind of like the opposite of... GameStop, uh, it got into a downdraft, and it, it was the option buying and selling that killed it. 
there's a lot of uh, speculation going on in Tesla, has been and will continue to be, I believe. And uh, one smart person said, first of all, you know, Tesla is um, growing linearly. The number of cars they're saying is growing each year, but it's kind of a linear growth. But their stock price is going up exponentially. Well, there's something wrong there eventually, right? Well, I think you saw the eventual just happen. And uh, it may happen more, but that's, uh, that's the eventual. And um, a smart person said about investing, perhaps in Tesla, it says a bubble is when the public is making money out of all proportion to their intelligence and work ethic. Well, uh, for a lot of people, that's kind of what's happening. Ooh, oh boy. Let's hit the housing market. Housing is fun. It's a major part of the U.S. economy. And let's, let's, start, let's drill right in and talk about, you know, when somebody buys a house, they uh, have to get a mortgage. Typically, they get a mortgage. Let's talk about a mortgage company. And we'll talk about Rocket Mortgage. You've probably seen it advertised out there. Guess how much profit they made in 2020. Guess, just guess how much profit. What was the profit? Not the turnover, not the amount of mortgages they sold. The profit, the amount of money they could put in their pocket and go home with. Woohoo! It was $9.5 billion, with a B, billion dollars. Profit. Profit. That's after all costs. Everything. Uh, who says you can't make money writing mortgages? Wow! That's a big business. That's amazing. Well, they make about uh, over 4% on of whatever they, uh, mortgage they write. Over 4% of that money goes to them to pay for their overhead and profit. Uh, so uh, 4%. Did you realize when you get a mortgage, 4% of that value of that thing is going to the mortgage company? Yeah. And uh, they wrote... Uh, $320 billion worth of mortgages in 2020. Phenomenal. They are a amazing, profitable, great business. Let's stick with the housing market. Here's the fourth topic for economic news that's going on. And, uh, you know, one of the stories we're going to be talking about a lot today is that interest rates are going up. The 10-year really was, is continuing to go up big time, and it has influence on everything. So I'm going to talk about mortgage-backed securities. You know, those are bundles of securities that are held by Freddie and Fannie and uh, sold off. And so those, those securities have uh, an interest rate associated with them. And the, as interest rates go up, the value of those of existing ones go down. And uh, people are worried about the value going down, so they hedge, hedge, hedge. That means that they uh, are uh, buying puts and calls on these uh, these things, okay? Because interest rates are going up, they want to protect their asset. They know the value is going to go down. They want to protect their asset, so they're buying puts in that case of the value thing. And and this puts pressure puts put pressure. That's there's a that's a kind of use, useful term there on further rates going up. So bottom line is mortgage rates are going up. Uh, they're being pushed by the actual treasury rates going up and uh, the hedging that's going on too. So prices of mortgages are going to go up. And uh, you, that's, that's the trend now from today forward. It's, they're going to go up. And uh, 
housing will slow down accordingly. It depends how much rates go up, how much mortgage rates go up, but they're going up. Yeah, take that and smoke it. Uh, the, it. If you look for all the economic indicators on the U.S. economy itself, it looks like the U.S. economy is in a major recovery mode. It is recovering. It's coming back strong. It's feeling good, etc. And that's great. I mean, there's, that, that's all really good. But there's a but. And the but is, but unemployment rates remain historically high at their level. We talked about that last week. They are just going level. And, they're, and that level is, are, every week is a historic high number. Every single week. Not that they're getting higher, but they, each, each week it's higher than it ever has been before the pandemic hit. So while the economy is recovering, that means a lot of people are making a lot of money in big businesses typically, the small guy is unemployed. So, and especially the service industry, we all talked about that. So uh, we have a crazy economy out there. Uh, it looks strong and it looks weak at the same time. It depends on where you're living and your job. So let's, that, that's it for the uh, first section. Let's, let's go on to the second section. This is section two, and I'm just going to quickly review the markets uh, so you have a feeling for what's happened this last week. Let's talk about the Dow 30. Uh, it hit another record. It closed at 30,930. That was up a lot. But during the week, it actually was 31,400. It was a lot higher. That's irrational exuberance in your face. I mean, that's, that's there. So stocks are booming. Ah, yeah, stocks are up. I mean, when that's not a crash, that's up. So that's good if you own stocks. Okay, the 10-year. The 10-year closed at 1.46%. That was up. Uh, up. Remember this worry about the 10-year thing? That This is the one. We can, we're going to talk about the 10-year a lot today. This is the big deal. 1.46. It was actually over 1.5% during the week. Ended at 1.46. It closed last week at 1.34. So this is a major move up. Another major, major push. A major, in my opinion, major demand for more interest to buy those crappy treasuries. Because they're not paying enough. Hey, and here's a little tidbit of that is really important to me. If it's 1.46% paying interest and in inflation is 1.4%, which is what it was in January, reportedly, CPI, that means that the real rate of return is now zero. So you're making nothing on your money if you buy a 10-year, which means to me that's got to go higher. The interest rate has to go higher and the value has to go down, right? We're having big moves. I mean, when you see a tenth of a percent move, and it's more than a tenth of a percent, in a 10-year bond, that is massive. And, they're, and it's earth-shaking if you're in the bond market. If you're in the treasury market, people are losing their uh, shirt out there. Okay. Uh, oil. Oil is between $61 and $62. It went up a little bit. And so it's got my attention. Keep watching oil. It will show up at the price in the pump. Most definitely, it always does. U.S. dollar uh, got a little stronger during the week. And uh, 
that's kind of interesting. I mean, the, to see the dollar stronger, it, uh, it should get stronger. It should have got a lot stronger than it did. Why did it, should it get stronger? Because interest rates went up a lot. Interest rates went up a lot. It should drive the dollar up. It went up a little bit. Uh, to me, that says there's still a weak dollar here. That, that's, again, it's my interpretation of what happened to the dollar this week. Gold, massive drop in gold, 1735 is where it ended up. Massive drop. Why? Because interest rates went up. Uh, what it's saying, what the, 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 uh, the wisdom of the people out there is that, my goodness, that everything is getting better. The economy is getting stronger. Who needs gold? I can, interest rates are going up. I can put my money into interest bearing things and get more money than gold. So people are, we're selling gold. That's right. Bitcoin went down a little bit too, but uh, you know, I'm not going to talk too much about Bitcoin. That's it for last week's market wrap. Let's move on to section three, the fun stuff. On to section three, let's talk about inflation a little bit and get our arms around what's going on with inflation, if anything, right? Well, let's start with interest rates, right? Let's talk, start with the 10-year. That's, that's this real story that's going on. That's something you can look at, hold, touch, feel. Ah, the 10-year bond is up. It is going up. The interest rate is going up relentlessly. The low was last year, about March, it was 0.39%. 0.39, now it's 1.4 something. It's over a percent higher. In a year, big move. Most of that move has happened just this year in 2021. So it's accelerating and it's relentless. It's week after week after week. It's somebody's beating a drum and the slaves are pushing the boat. So that is what's happening with interest rates. Uh, now, people are interpreting this rise in interest rates as growing optimism, end quote. Growing optimism. That's interesting. Growing optimism about what? About a, everything's improving. Everything's going to be great. Yeah, that's what people are interpreting that as. But interest rate is not the story. I believe the story is inflation, which is the topic here, is the real story. See, but the dollar is not up. That's, I mentioned that before. The dollar should be up a lot more. It wasn't. It's kind of going sideways. Because uh, if the dollar was really strong, that would be deflationary. But the dollar is going sideways. But what is going up? Well, let's look at commodities. They're going up. How about copper? I love king copper. Here it is. It's at a 10-year high price right now. 10 years since it's been at this price. 10 years. It's boom. Isn't that wonderful? It's 50 cents for copper, 50 cents below its historic high ever. I think it'll just blow right through that number, but who knows? And did you know that the price of copper is and has been historically a pretty good indicator of world economic recovery? In the past, when we've had world economic recovery, the price of copper has been peaking up and that's happening right now. So it looks like the world economic recovery is happening. The point here is inflation. Copper costs more. Oil costs more. It's at 63 bucks. And it, you know, it was during the week and it came, stopped at 61 and a half or uh, anyway. And so it's going up. Lumber is at a record prices. That means housing prices. And anybody who wants to buy a piece of wood, 
it costs a lot more money, for, a lot more money. If you go out into Home Depot and figure it out. Um, beans are in the teens if you're in the commodity market. That means all agricultural prices are a lot higher. That means the grocery store. Go to the grocery store. Everything in the grocery store is, you know, grown somehow or, or it's animals. Uh, so is here's the question for you. Are these rising prices... Inflationary? Is that a what is it? What what is it? What I mean, are the CPI are rising prices, right? So people think that. I mean, yeah. And the experts are saying that all of these rising prices are economic bullishness. And I say BS. I'll keep it clean. Let's let's look at think about inflation for one more second. Let's say you have a anything, a chunk of chunk of something, and it costs a number, like say five, and then all of a sudden tomorrow it costs 10 and it stays at 10 forever. Well, while it was five, the inflation was nothing. When it went from five to 10, the inflation of that object was 100%. And then from then on, the inflation being 10 was zero again. It never moved up again. Think about that. That's called a one-time increase in price. That's happening because, uh, as Chairman Powell said, uh, the chip prices, they oh, we don't have enough chips for automobiles, so the price of automobiles has gone up. But don't worry, it's just a one-time price. It, what, it's a one-time price, but the price will always be high. So back to inflation. What is the classic definition of inflation? It's an increase in the money supply, right? Yeah, that's, you print money, you get inflation. That's, I mean, that's the classic definition. All this, uh, I... My feeling is all these increases in prices are the result of increasing money supply. But they measure increasing prices to say that's inflation. Okay, well, you can t say it both ways if you wish. That's fine. <clears throat> now, let's talk about uh, how much money supply is out there. What's happened to money supply? Okay, as of uh, January 1st, the beginning of the year. Let's talk about the beginning of the year, 2021. What happened as we're coming into this glorious year? Uh, well, the money supply was up in 2020, 76.7%. Uh, uh, but if you look at uh, the previous year, it was only 4.8% uh, up. So 4.8, but last year it jumped to, uh, well, at the end of the year, it jumped to 76%. So... That says a lot more money is being, not a little amount of money, a lot. Let me just emphasize that L-O-T, lot of money is being printed. That is inflation. That's what's going on, just so you're aware. On to section four, let's talk about the Fed and how it fits into this inflation topic and what's going on in the world. First of all, let's start back with the isn't the economy better com comment. So if the economy's better under normal circumstances, everybody's happy, flowers are growing, the Fed will raise interest rates. That's, they will tighten. That's called tightening. They will raise interest rates, won't they? I mean, when that's the normal effect, right? Uh, wrong. They will not. I mean, I'll just state that straight up front. Um, See, the Fed can't raise interest rates. 
they can't allow normal rates. What are normal rates? Well, it, it, the 10 year right now uh, should probably be around two to two and a half percent. I've seen, uh, it depends on the model you use. I've seen up to maybe three and a quarter percent, but it, it should be higher than it is. So I expect the consistent pressure of pushing the tenure up every week is will continue until it gets to that and then maybe it'll pause or maybe it won't who knows uh, but it's going up so uh, so the fed are not going to increase interest rates in fact the chairman of the federal reserve was in congress and he made some statements i'll give you the quick interpretation of a very long statement he made. First, he's not going to raise interest rates. Second, uh, the amount of quantitative easing, that's the amount of purchaser, purchasing of bonds and mortgage-backed securities, will not change. He will continue buying at the same rate, or maybe a little more. Uh, that's going on. And the balance sheet will uh, not shrink. The balance sheet is the total number of bonds that they hold, uh, they're held on their balance sheet, or the total number of mortgage-backed securities that are held on their balance sheet. And to get the balance sheet to shrink, they would have to sell those assets. They're not going to sell them. And that's what he's saying. No change. Basically, he said no change. What we've been doing is what we're going to do. Isn't that great? Oh, and here's a wonderful added tidbit of statement. He said it may take three years. That's three. One, two, three. It may take three years to hit his 2% inflation target. What's he saying? He is basically saying there is no inflation. That's the way you have to interpret that statement. There is no inflation. If it's going to take three years to get up to 2%, I mean, it's 1.4% 1 1 now, right? But it's slowly creep up over the time frame. Uh, that's not very fast. That's no inflation. <clears throat> we just uh, talked about what's really going on with inflation of prices and money. We see that on a couple of different measures of inflation, inflation is going up significantly. So what does that all mean? Uh, see, quantitative easing, the purchase, their Fed purchasing of bonds, may increase um, because they may want to suppress, or they may not want to suppress the 10-year and 30-year bonds that are out there, and 20-year bonds, all the bonds out in the long term they don't set those rates, the market sets those rates. So they can influence the market. If they buy those bonds, the interest rate will go down. If they sell those bonds, interest rate goes up. Interest rate's currently going up. They have to counter it. They have to buy. They may, they may or may not. They have not stated whether they would, but they could. And more stimulus is coming from the federal government. Let's talk about that for a second. The federal government's going to be passing a stimulus bill, <clears throat> followed per, perhaps in the future by a, uh, a recovery bill, another bill to help build the infrastructure. But they're trillions of dollars. They're big, big, big bills. Well, there's no money for these. I mean, right? we're deficit spending. We're increasing the debt every year. So where does the money come from? They, the Congress passes the bill. They send the bill over to uh, Treasury, Janet Yellen, and says, hey, you got to pay for this. So Janet Yellen cranks up her printing press and starts printing bonds, long-term bonds, right? 10-year, 20-year, 30-year bonds. She starts buying that. As interest rates are now higher, 
the government's going to have to pay more interest on those bonds because they have to go in at the market, whatever the market is. So as interest rates go up and they are printing new bonds, they have to pay higher interest payments. That's the rub. That's not good. Uh-uh. Nope. Uh, so that's, that's what's really going on. And then who buys them? <clears throat> well, the market buys them, right? Well, <clears throat> the international market stopped buying. In fact, they're kind of dumping their bonds right now. They're selling slightly. Just something that's, call it level better than selling, but they're kind of selling a few bonds now. So they're not going to buy more. Who's buying them? The Federal Reserve is buying them as quantitative easing. That's what they call quantitative easing. They buy those bonds. So right now, the Federal Reserve on their balance sheet, remember talk about what they're holding? They're holding... Da 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 da. 4.7 trillion with a T trillion dollars on U.S. Treasuries. Yeah, see that's how much they buy. A lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. I wish I had that kind of money. I would live it up a different life. I think maybe. I don't know. I could have a lot of fun with it. I think. Oh. So without the Fed there would be no buying of bonds. That's the bottom line of what I'm getting at right now. And if that happened and the Treasury came out with a new issue of bonds and no one bought them, that would be called a market collapse. And uh, that's what uh, no one can allow to happen because the U.S. Treasuries are the safest uh, investment in the world. If they turned out to be not the safest in the world. Everything else is less safe. Uh, that means everything. So um, the Fed can't allow a market collapse in the bond market. They have to buy. They're, they're stuck. The Fed is stuck. And that is the world of bonds today and the end of the fourth section. Let's get on to the fifth and talk about the precursors. And now on to section five. Let's hit and review our six precursors that are going on in order. First one, the 10-year treasury. We've been talking about that a lot, and it has continued to push up from 1.34% last week, uh, and the week before last week, and Friday, and ended at 1.46. A massive, a massive change. It was high, higher than that during the week. Uh, probably scared a few people it was moving so fast. Definite bear market indicator. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's significant in the sense that it, the real return on the 10-year the Treasury is now zero. The real return, that's when you subtract inflation from it. Uh, we'll see how much higher it goes. I think it will continue up. Uh, so this is one we're watching, and we're watching closely. It is the one we focus on right now. High-yield bonds. Okay, the uh, uh, I'm watching that one closely. It has rolled over this last week. Normally, it was level. It was uh, the value of the pH DAX, for example, was um, 9.1 or 9.08. It's now 9.02. It's fallen down in value. Lower value is higher interest rates. I believe the 10-year is pushing this up. So the what I'm saying is the a 10-year treasury good quality bond is having an influence on junk bond yields. Uh, I'm going to watch this one. This one's now 
worth watching. It's the beginning of the fall in value of junk bonds. It's just a slight fall. It's not a big deal. If it goes below nine, I'm going to get a lot more interested. I'll even might even say it's might might even be orange, you know. Whereas the ten years definitely flashing orange to me right now. The third indicator is the U.S. dollars going sideways. Still in a, a you know it goes up and down in a, in a narrow trading range, and but it's uh, going sideways. Uh, nothing to say about the U.S. dollar. I expect the dollar to fall eventually. I expect all this money printing we're going to do is going to cause it to fall, but it has not started that its process yet. Okay, the CPI, nothing new to report. It's uh, nothing new until the February number comes out. So nothing on the fourth one. The fifth one, Fed policy changes. Uh, well, we reported on the Fed. There's no change. None. Nada. In fact, the Fed expects interest rates to be low and not get to 2% for up to three years. Whoa. Good for them. Bluebird. Any Bluebird event. That's the sixth one. Remember the GameStop that happened. Well, uh, kind of, uh, you know, GameStop turned around and is going up again. Have you anyone noticed that? Well, I mean, it's not a market shaker. It's just isolated to that share, to those shares, because people are used to it. Before, When it first happened, though, that was, that caused uh, a lot of consternation. But how about the amount of option trading that's going on? and how that's influencing things. Uh, the amount of option trading by inexperienced traders is scary. It's huge. It's massive multiples of what it has been in the past. And that's an indicator in itself. So it's, I just put it on the list to, to be aware of it. Last week I, I sent out a, hey, send me your ideas. And I got a couple of ideas I thought I'll share with everyone uh, so you could have them too. Uh, Mark from the USA, thank you, Mark, um, said, uh, hey, worries about an in inverted yield curve, and I do too. It, it definitely has been a precursor in the past of a market crash. I don't think it's going to happen anytime in the near future. But he also watches the, the LEI, the, uh, uh, the uh, leading indi uh, economic indicator uh, for the chances of it starting to fall off, because that definitely is a precursor to a uh, a uh, recession. So the, uh, it's good to watch the LEI. I think that's a that's a definite definite yes. The second response I got was uh, France from Luxembourg. Thank you, France. Uh, he uh, sent a chart along, a great chart, and uh, he's a clearly an expert in technical analysis. So technical analysis where you look at, uh, in this case, look at the Dow 30. Uh, you could look at whatever you want. It could be the S&P 500. Pick something big and broad. Uh, and, uh, and, you, and you plot out resistance and support levels. <clears throat> and, uh, and indeed, it looks like uh, the, the Dow is coming to a place where it has to decide whether it's going to go above the resistance level or down to the support level and which, whether it will break out to the upside or break out to the downside. Uh, his suggestion is it will break out to the upside. I tend to agree with him. There's no reason to think the market will crack yet. But if it breaks the support level, the downside, uh, that would be a definite indicator of a fall uh, and of a big fall. So uh, another indicator, thank you very much. All of you out there, 
pick the ones that you like. Pick the ones that work for you. And that's it for this week. I'm wrapping this up. I'm looking forward to another exciting week. I was right at the end of last week when I said it's going to be another exciting week. It was a really exciting week. And it's another exciting week this coming week. So watch out for everything and have a good week, everyone. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit that subscription button. This is Tom Harvey. I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. Nothing should be construed as advice or solicitation to make a trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by the listeners.